here we are showing up wholeheartedly, vulnerable, and empowered. This is Pocket Amy. I have a question for you. How many of you, and I'm asking myself this as well today, would show up at an interview or a really important meeting with some, you know, some hefty, heavyweight, important people that you really want to impress? Um, and they ask you this question, like, what are your best qualities? What are your strengths? And you maybe get to pick, you know, maybe the top three things that you think are your strengths. How many of you would include the word playful? Well, I'm just really playful. I really know how to play. If we're honest, we do not think of playfulness as this virtue and this strength and this really impressive quality that we would want to lead with in that kind of a meeting or a icebreaker or meet and greet or an interview. Like, no, like most of the time, playfulness wouldn't make the list at all. Nonetheless, the top three that we want to put out there in front of people that we're trying to impress. Um, so I really want to focus on playfulness um, and actually, I intentionally put playful healing in the midst of this series that I'm doing about grief because clinicians are really, um, I guess, maybe rediscovering the benefits of play and not just for child therapy, working with children who have been traumatized um, or in some way affected by some deep loss. But they are now really emphasizing that adults need to learn how to play. And if you think about it, a lot of a lot of us who have some kind of childhood family of origin or um, you know maybe early may teen or early adulthood loss, um, we often get stuck. And sometimes at the very age that the, this high-impact traumatic event happened. And so a lot of people who have to then just quickly pivot and start to cope and survive and develop a hypervigilant amygdala and preparing for just how to move forward after these adverse childhood experiences will often basically grow up too fast. That's the term that a lot of people have used for a long time before they even fully understood it. Um, this idea of I had to grow up too fast or I had to become the parent or something like that. And often one of the first things to go is this beautiful childlike quality of being playful, being able to play along with the ability to use the imagination for creativity and, um, you know, beautiful manifestations of the imagination because that all gets hijacked by this trauma and loss and this adverse childhood experience. So in many, many ways, all of us need to learn how to play and need to enter into this discussion of the benefits of play, whether it's just because we have this mistaken idea that adults don't play anymore or that playfulness is not a virtue, or if it's because we forgot how to play and we don't understand the benefits of play. But I want to read this list for you of all the benefits of play, such as play relieves stress. 
improves brain function, stimulates the mind and boosts creativity, improves relationships and your connection to others, keeps you feeling young and energetic, helps develop and improve your social skills, teaches cooperation with others, and can even bring healing to emotional wounds. So I just want to encourage you today as you're doing the good work of good grief and as you're entering into a season of really just no longer apologizing when you cry, no longer apologizing when you need to metabolize some lament out of your cells. Um, I want to just remind you of how helpful it can be to be playful. Find some ways to take a break from the hard work of grieving by doing something playful, by playing some games, by taking up a hobby, or, or even just revisiting something that you used to love to do when you were a child, but you since laid it down because you thought as an adult you needed to just grow up and get past it. Um, because what you'll find is this counterintuitive and beautiful thing, which is if you view play as a therapeutic healing tool, you will end up staying in the good grief process by metabolizing the pain in another way. So yes, in the first couple of episodes, I said, grieve your face off, grieve like it's your job, hashtag grieve tre- uh, grief treadmill, um, stop apologizing for the length of time that it's taking for you to process your grief and, and find healthy ways to metabolize the grief and acknowledge and express those really difficult emotions. But I'm also saying that the positive memory work and the resource building and the um, healing benefits of play can be thrown in there as well. Make sure you give yourself plenty of time to rest but make sure you also include this component of play. I would love to hear from you if you uh, latch on to this idea and you decide that as a part of your good grief process, you're going to find a way at least once this week to do something playful to um, enter into some kind of organized play. It could be as simple as just being playful in the kitchen um, and flipping somebody with a towel as they walk by and just doing something organic and spontaneous and right in the moment and just having a playful attitude. But it could also be something um, completely intentional and structured and organized like uh, joining a co-ed volleyball team or something like that at the Y, you know, finding a way to do something you haven't done in a really long time and be playful. Maybe as I'm signing off, maybe think about your very favorite game you used to play when you were a kid. And if you have to go buy Candyland or Mousetrap and then play it and don't, don't feel like you have to find a kid to play it with. Play it with another adult and just sit there and eat candy and play Candyland and just um, enjoy doing something um, that's good for your soul and that doesn't require you to be so serious and so grown up all the time. So don't tone it down, guys. Enter into the good grief and do so this week by being playful. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Pocket Amy.